Cincinnati. to episode 199 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. My name is Paul Hirons. You know when you start talking, well, at least immediately before you start talking, you put something in your mouth to eat. I've just done that. I've got some spiced nuts with toffee-infused raisins, malt balls, and pecans and almonds and all sorts here, and a nice glass of Shiraz. And I decided to take a mouthful just before I was going to speak. Rookie error. Rookie podcast error. We're on episode 199. I'm still making rookie errors. That's something that my co-host just doesn't do anymore. And it's Nathan Palmer. Nathan, season's greeting to you, my friend. And to you, my son. And I completely agree with you. you know, after 199 episodes, I feel like I've polished my polished my game up now. That sort of stuff, you know, shouldn't shouldn't be happening really, should it? Within one episode of 200, but exactly. Yeah, Merry Christmas, to you, son. Hope you had a hope you had a festive, fun, frivolent, um, and rather naughty Christmas, quite frankly. Well, I've just done it again. I've just put some nuts in my mouth. I'm just not actually. They're quite good. Mm, they're nice. Well, I'll talk. I'll, I'll take the lead role. You know, normally it's you leading the role. I'll take over the lead while you're stuffing yourself with nuts. But how was your Christmas then? What did you get up to? Anything particularly exciting? No, I just uh, just uh, the, the theme was continued. Well, at least started on uh, Christmas Day. The old Italian Christmas cake, panettone, came out with the prosecco, and then uh, just carried on eating. Basically, from then until well, now, and it's not going to stop until all the food is gone which could be another week or so. But yes, very quiet, very chilled, very nice. Uh, saw some family. And uh, uh, yeah, generally a, a restful, peaceful Christmas. How about you? Because you're not here in the UK, are you? You're out in the US and a. I am indeed visiting family out in the States. I played an incredible seven-a-side game of flag football. Whoa, 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 um, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's rewind. You played flag football? I did a proper flag football game seven aside a high school on stadium on Christmas Day my, on Christmas yes Christmas Day yeah I know Christmas Eve Christmas Eve I've lost I've lost track of days out here yeah yeah I know what you mean I'm not quite sure what day it is here you know I've got that sort of twixtmust confusion confusion I can't even say I'm turning it to you confusion Nathan I don't know what day it is um it's the day after Boxing Day, which could be any day of the week as far as I'm concerned. Um, but let's rewind to you. You played in a high school stadium. Who arranged this game? This sounds like a proper proper deal. Well, we actually hopped the fence, um, oh, truth be told. We, we had some ladders. We apparently had permission. Not one of the guys knows someone that works at the school, but they couldn't open the gate, so we had to 
get two ladders and go over the fence, which was quite an experience before the game even kicked off. But yeah, seven aside, flag football, proper rules, they had a ref. It was it's quite entertaining. But I'll tell you what, man, some of these athletes out in the States, they're animals. Like, absolute, you know, you think, you know, yeah, I catch the ball, I can throw it a bit and run. And these guys are like, you know, some serious lads out there, 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, the pace on them, you know, it was a pretty pretty spicy affair and I felt I felt off the pace I'm not going to lie I'm going to have to get back hit well, the gym it, I think when, um, give us some you know, stats give us some stats what, where did you play what position did you catch any balls did you defend any passes was, was the was, Nathan was Palmer the, the braggadocio of Nathan Palmer evident in that game were you trash talking what was going on Nathan well, we had to suspend the game just after half time because someone right. tore their Achilles. Oh <laughs> my goodness, me yeah. serious business. I, I tweet my hamstring, son. I tell you, who's honestly, hamstring? I, who's hamstring? I, I made a tackle. You know, he's hustling to the ball on the outside. Like got out there. Oh, your hamstring. You did Got his flag, right, right. but tweaked it. You know, as you're going out of bounds, and I, luckily the game. For me, it was suspended a couple of plays later because I couldn't have played much more than that, you know. And I had to think of the podcast as well, you know. I can't be getting any injuries <laughs> when I've, you know, lined up for episode 200 next week. Yeah, but a hamstring is not going to prohibit you from doing a podcast. Yeah, it might not, it might, it might not, but I've got to be 100%, son. And I'd say if I tore my hamstring or anything silly had happened, you know, maybe I'm like 95%, the listeners don't get what they want, you know. <laughs> you it's true, and you know it. I do know it. I do know it. You've got to be on top four for this uh, podcast, and I am here eating nuts and drinking wine, which is well, I t- I tell you my what, version actually, of on, top form, I think. On on the subject of flag football, because that game was a bit beyond me, to be honest, in terms of the standard. If we got Bengals UK flag football seven aside, I could maybe get behind that. I could maybe, mm. uh, you know, that's a sort of run out that I reckon, you know, I wouldn't mind. But playing against some former college athletes and high school quarterbacks and stuff, that was a bit beyond me. But we get the lads from Bengals UK, get the flags out. I know Andrew Dockerell, big flag football player. I, I think that'd be quite a good meet-up. What are you saying, Nathan, that members of Bengals UK aren't going to be as athletic as the people that you played out I, in the I States? Am abs- I am absolutely saying that. They all play in flag football leagues and they, you know, for this, one of the guys that was on my team was a former high school quarterback that was recruited at college. I mean, it was absolutely stupid, the standard. Like, I felt like an absolute pig out there. Do you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> Oh, I, I, does does any film exist of this and you playing? I'd like to see that. It doesn't, unfortunately. No. There was a, there was a cameraman there though that someone paid to have, like, take some photos, but I, I don't know when they'll come out and it won't mm. show too much. But yeah, it was, it was a good laugh though, my son, to kick things off. And then literally we drove back and I literally walked in the door as Joe Boy was kicking off our first drive against the Patriots. What a beautiful weekend! What a beautiful weekend. Mm. Well, again, I just put a nut in my mouth. Not good. Carry on talking, Nathan. Go on. Well, I, I mean, we're going to, you know, again, I feel a bit lost taking control of the podcast because <laughs> I think only one episode in the 200 of our lead. Um, but, Paul, should we should we move on to Reaccione? Um, hold on. Yes, let's do that, Nathan. <laughs> Okay, thank you, Nathan. Expertly done there, if you don't mind me saying so. Um, Patriots 18, the Bengals 22. A Christmas Eve cracker 
in Foxborough for the Bengals, but it almost turned out to be a nightmare before Christmas. Did you see what I did there? Did you? Yes. This this is why we pay you the big bucks. Exactly. Big for those um, kind of segues. Um, a majestic first half by the Cincinnati Bengals. 22 nothing up. They went into the third quarter and um, and then an insane fourth quarter. And it took uh, a really special play at the end uh, as the Patriots were in the red zone looking to win the game, looking to complete, looking to make the impossible possible looking to turn the tables on the Bengals who do this routinely come from behind and snatch a win from the jaws of defeat uh, except they didn't we did we held on we are now 11 and 4 we've qualified for the playoffs let's just talk about that Nathan uh, with the Jets loss last Thursday we clinched as the Americans like to say um, the playoffs uh, sorry, a play. We didn't clinch the playoffs. We clinched a berth in the playoffs, and that's got to be fi- that's got to be making you feel good, hasn't it? Uh, c- Merry Clinchmas yeah. and all that kind of stuff. It feels good to Absolutely. be back in the playoffs for the second uh, season running. Well played, everybody. Great job. Certainly after the start that they had yeah, in the season, yeah, I, you know they turned it around. They're playing really well and uh, who knows what's going to happen from here but yeah let's just pause for a moment and congratulate the team and the coaches yeah 100 percent. and you can't take making the playoffs for granted you know it's been um a really really impressive season for the boys to turn around what was a difficult start and like i said whenever you make the playoffs that's a huge deal um and we should all be extremely thankful for it and give some serious credit to the, the coaching staff, Joe Burrow, the skilled players, the defence, Lou, everyone you can think of because it's been a team effort. And to get where we've got, you know, winning seven games in a row, I, I think we're un, undefeated in November and December, which is the first time that's happened mm, club in record, franchise apparently. history. Mm. Yeah, astonishing run. Um, and it's well-deserved. And we talked about two, three years ago when Joe Boy came into the team and we saw some glimpses of what he had. And it was still, you know, to be fair, a bit of a rough first season with him. But we all said, look, this is a really exciting time to be a Bengals fan. It really is. It really is. And, you know, we were all sort of talking ourselves up for it. And these last two seasons are dreamland, really, as far as it is for Bengals fans. You know, clinching the playoffs with three games left to play, or certainly was before we played the Patriots. Um going to a Super Bowl last year and the run that ensued there was unbelievable and you sat here now everyone's excited we're playing incredibly attractive you know watchable football it's very enjoyable um, and yeah you just got to take your hat off to the team and the organisation for making it as enjoyable as this as fans because as we know um, it, it can be very different absolutely it could have been but the Bengals just keep making plays at the right times when it matters. And, you know, as I said, they were absolutely majestic the first half. Absolutely tremendous. Two touchdowns for them. It was a Rolls-Royce in the first half. Oh, it? it was an absolute masterclass. Joe Boy was just floating the ball in there. A couple of touchdown passes to um, to Trent and Irwin again. Fantastic stuff. The defence was smothering the Patriots. And you're kind of thinking, this is a walk in the park. I mean, after half-time, you always expect a team that's getting mullered to come out and give it a bit of a shot in the second half. And they scored a couple of um, field goals. But they really hadn't done an awful lot. And then it just got a bit crazy. A couple of interceptions, a pick six, 
where yeah. uh, Joe Boy and Jamar Chase weren't on the same page. I think once that's an, almost like once in a, a, a season event, you know. Um, Chase fumbling, Evan McPherson yeah. missing a couple of field goals. Trenton Irwin had a chance to catch his his hat trick touchdown, and it just, just it. Sorry, Trapwind evaded him um and it was just like hold on a minute this is getting a bit mad and then they then they scored on that crazy tipped pass um from scotty washington former bengal on that hail mary um and it was like what what the hell is going on it's all gone a bit crazy and there's been a lot of talk of like it it was a game of two halves did you see it like that way because the more i think about it it wasn't really a game of two halves it was a game of three quarters and a quarter and lots of crazy stuff. The defence is still playing pretty well. It's just the offence stalled a little bit. I think it kind of hit them, their momentum when the pick six was was returned. Um, you know, that, that kind of switching momentum is very, very, uh, was very, very evident, I think. Um, I don't think there was too much to worry about. Um Correct me if I'm wrong. What did you see out there? Well, we, we always said the Bengals were due a game that they either lost or they didn't play particularly well. And, you know, it would be one of those that they ironed out. And they actually, in some ways, got a, they got exactly almost what we wanted in that second half because it was a real wake-up call. It was like, wow, like, you know, the momentum completely went, the mistakes turned up. And, you know, I've been saying for weeks about the Bengals, I've been saying, look, you know, they're winning because they're playing smart football. There's no fumbles. There's no interceptions, you know. It was meticulous. It was really well oiled. It was moving in the right direction, um, and it got out of hand a bit in the second half, didn't it? You know that Jamal Chase play does have a tendency to fumble. You know he has lost the ball a few times in the past. Um, you look at Joe Boy. You know that pick six was horrible. It really was, and that's it. That's a game changing play. You know you flip the ball, you give it to him, you give him six points. You know that can absolutely fire a, a team up you don't get many pick sixes in a season um, as a defence you maybe don't get any um, and I think that was one of those real plays in the game that kind of gave you know them a real way back in so to get out of New England on the road having played like that in the second half having lost the turnover battle 3 nothing, I think it's an incredible you know result and I think Zach summed it up really well in the locker room after the game he kind of turned around and said look you know, winning a football game on the road in the NFL is a hard job. This is a well-coached team. They're a playoff contender. Um, we've gone in there and we've got away with it. We've not played our best football in the second half. But we've still got to win. And I think that's the important thing there. They've got to iron that out. They've got to play like they did in the first half. They've got to keep, um, you know, that sort of efficient, meticulous play up and running. But it's a lesson for the Bengals. And I think they need it. You can't just keep kicking teams, you know, 40 points a game and, you know, just why? Because you get a bit it. complacent, do you? Do you get a bit kind of? And I thought, I don't know whether they're complacent, but that that chase fumble, he didn't especially kind of secure the football that well. And Judon, who put a dirty hit on, a late hit on Joe Boy. I mean, good player, mind you know, and he he did the business. He stripped it out of Chase's hands. But I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe there there is a touch of confidence and momentum are fantastic. But when it kind of it seeps into complacency. That's when you've got a bit of a problem. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I, think they are, but it, you're right. It might just be like just a little kick in the slats, just a little one. 
Not well, a the full bloodied business. Yeah, I mean it's a brutal business. The NFL because once you get into the playoffs, you lose one game or you have a bad half, that could be you done. You know, and I think for the Bengals, like they perhaps just needed that second half to sort of grind out. And, you know, they make the big play at the end. You know, Von Bell, incredible. I know we'll get to it, but that was an incredible um, play at the end to win a football game. Mm. The sort of play, you know, that'll win you a playoff game or get you deep, you know, deep down the down the road there towards the Super Bowl. But I think it's a good wake-up call. I think it's a, an interesting one for the offense because Joe Boy will be furious, you know, that he's thrown two interceptions. He's not done that for weeks and weeks and weeks. Jamar Chase, again, it gives him a bit of a wake-up call. You know, look after the ball. Let's not be silly here. And it's a bit of a lesson for the team. They'll sit down in the meetings this week. They'll look at the mistakes they made. Um, and they'll, you know, have to be better prepared. And, you know, they've got a game against Buffalo Bills, Monday Night Football. That's a game you can't make mistakes like that in. You know, yeah, Buffalo yeah. will punish you and they'll they'll finish you off. So I think, I'm not saying it was needed necessarily, but I do think to face a bit of adversity and come back stronger like that, um, it's a good lesson. And yeah, it maybe toughen the boys up a bit. Yes, I think so. I think uh, watching it, you kind of thought it was a game of two halves, but I, looking at it again, I don't think it maybe was. Um, yeah, the only thing you, you need them to do is against the Bills is play a complete, game you know not just a half that's brilliant and then the next half not so good but you know equally you've got to credit the Patriots you know for coming out in that second half and um, changing a few things on defence I mean we celebrate that and praise that when Lou does it but that's what the Patriots did you know and they were yeah, taking, a, more, really taking more shots downfield and they got a couple of decent receivers and I think a lot of the I mean they haven't been using it's weird in New England they 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 don't seem content to take the shackles off Mac Jones, and uh, and yet they've got someone like a Kendrick Bourne, who's a pretty decent player, I think. And um, you know, um, um, I really like that guy. I like the guy in the draft who they took, uh, Tyquan Thornton. Um, so they've got players to do it on on their offense. But anyway, this isn't the Patriots podcast. Um, but they did kind of go for it, and Cam Taylor Britt had an up and down day. He made some incredible, well, one from memory, incredible pass breakup. Was caught for a touchdown, uh, and also a long pass. So I mean, again, these he's been playing really, really well recently, and um, uh, you, I guess you need a game. It just it just reminds you that he is a rookie. He's not going to be fabulous all the time, and goodness me, they're up against. Uh, well, a much better pass attack uh, against the against the Bills, Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis and all those uh, McKenzie and uh, all those guys. So um, Dawson Knox, obviously, but uh, yeah, that we'll get onto the Bills a bit later. But uh, yeah, I mean, the thing that I I mean, I think we need to talk about Von Bell for a second because I think he's quietly oh. having a tremendous season. And all he's the a tremendous football player. He really is. And he just goes about his business. Defense. He doesn't court any publicity, but no. he makes some massive hits. He makes a few really important inter interceptions a year. He's a really good pro. And yep. look at that. I mean, look at that play. I mean, started off by the defensive line of DJ Reed. I have to get that name in at least once in the podcast. Um, getting some serious pressure up the gut, and then Von Bell just coming around and getting that ball out. And I mean, he does make plays, and I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. And he, um, you know, a lot of talk naturally is about 
Jesse Bates and what's going to happen to him, and it has been for the past year or so. But just right there in the background, Von Bell is is also in a contract year. Yeah. And he's been playing really, really well. And uh, he can, you know, I remember when he first came to Cincinnati, he had a few problems in coverage, but he's tightened up no end in that area. And we all know about his, his propensity for big hits around the box and... Um, in the box rather um and he just makes plays he's there he's johnny on the sp- he's vonnie on the spot not johnny on the spot well, hey, he's, he's the geezer in that game against the chiefs in the afc well i was gonna say he's been game. doing I mean, it he really for a does year. show up when it matters yeah, he's had a tr- yeah. sorry he's, he's a pro's pro he does the you know he works hard you rarely turn around and say call von bell he's mr tackle or oh he could have had an interception he didn't or he's you know he's getting flagged for silly intercept, um, silly pass interference calls, or you know unnecessary roughness or anything silly like that. He's a, he's a really good player. I mean, you talk about his contract being up. I think the Bengals. Um, I don't think Jesse Bates is coming back, and I think they may look to you know allocate some of that money to Von Bell, and it, I think it'd be a smart move. And frankly, and we've talked about this a lot, but you've got to say it again. It comes back to the Bengals' free agency period that they had mm-hmm. a couple of years ago when they brought in some of these guys. Um, in free agency, didn't necessarily break the bank, but just made some incredibly shrewd signings with people like Mike Hilton, people yeah. like Von Bell, Trey Hendrickson. The, the, the list could go on as long as your arm, but incredibly professional, quality, good value, crucially as well, signings. And they've come together and they've played great football. And Von Bell is he's really just the sort of, you know, the cherry on the Sunday with that. He's a, the absolute cracker of a player. No, I agree. I agree. T. Uh, T Higgins had another big game as well. Eight for one hundred and twenty-eight and a touchdown. Um, I mean, if there's a pro, if there's someone that should be in the Pro Bowl after the uh, this season, that's not from the Bengals. Obviously, Chase got in. Burrow got in. I mean, I'm not quite. Sure. I mean, Burrow, yes, Chase. I'm not sure how he quite got in, but anyway, well, let's not talk about the Pro Bowl. Let's not give it any. More oxygen than it doesn't deserve. Yeah, it's got, T. It's Higgins has had an outstanding it's season. It's the Pro Bowl, isn't it? Not just the game itself, but the voting processes of it. Very silly. much and so. The thing is, I know it's. I know we're obviously all extremely biased, and there'd be every other team around the league saying, "Well, our guy didn't get in. This guy didn't get in. This guy was injured for a couple of games." There's all sorts of, you know, things like that. But I think really what you want to look at and what should be given more credit than it is is the All Pro. You know, that's yeah. that's properly decided upon it's not got any silly fan voting and twitter hashtags and stuff like that that you know influence whether or not a player gets in and the irony with the pro bowl as well and i'm sorry i've gone off on a bit of a tangent here but the thing you forget is a lot of these players have quite big contract incentives tied to the pro bowl yes that's right. and i find that fascinating because it's just like you know you've got like drew rosenhouse was putting out the other day a big big nfl agent oh you know tyree kill quarter of a million dollar bonus for making the pro bowl and this guy you know, got another quarter of a million, half a million for this guy for getting in. And you think to yourself, bloody hell, like, you know, for something that's like, you know, reasonable percentage decided by fans, it's a bit of a sort of strange one, isn't it? That you're measuring, you know, thousands and thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars on such a sort of arbitrary bit all over the place measuring system. So Mm. I I think the whole thing needs a shake up. The game is a complete joke. and It's turned into this like literally circus affair now of all, you know, players, you know, putting on a skills contest. I mean, I, I, it's really 
quite a sad state of affair for a league that is so good at entertainment and so good at providing mm. um, things people want to watch and they want to get involved with. And, like, you know, the fantasy football stuff the NFL does is absolutely spot on. But for whatever reason, the Pro Bowl just seems to have... Yeah, they can't yeah, quite really get it right, can they? They just can't get it quite right. I mean, I personally would take the the votes out of the fans' hands, which is very not like me. You know, I'm, I'm all for oh, fan involved. But in something like this, when it, it has to be peer-voted, surely. But then again, you get like, you know, you hear stories of players going, oh, I don't want that guy in, I, I want this guy in. Everybody vote for me because my bonus depends on it. Do you know what I mean? But anyway, we'll we'll leave that, park that there. Oh, no, it's, it's so true, though, isn't it? I mean, how, how can, like, with the greatest respect, the average fan, great offensive lineman, do you know what I mean? And yeah, even defensive, yeah, yeah, yeah. like to an extent, oh, oh, they got a sack. You know that I'll measure it on that. But yeah, you, yeah. They haven't got a clue whether they're dropping into coverage or they're doing this and that. Like you know, even really educated fans, you know, maybe they can make a stab at it. But even then, it's like they're not professionals. They're not, you know, they don't know the schemes. It, it, it's just, it's very, it's very, very, very silly. I think. Um, yes. And it definitely, as well as uh, as Jay Morrison on here that podcast growling said uh, the other day. That Hakeem, I think at, at one point in last year's Pro Bowl, Hakeem Adeniji was leading yeah, the exactly. race because his surname began with A and fans couldn't be bothered to scroll down the list of players and they just voted for the guy at the top of the list. You know, maybe maybe, uh, maybe DJ Reader should change his name to DJ a Ada or something like that. Ada. DJ Ada. Um, that would do it. Um Anyway, back to... So it probably would do it. Exactly, DJ yeah. DJ Abraham. Yeah, DJ Abraham. DJ Adams. That would be good, wouldn't it? Um, uh, no, you want a double A at the top just to make sure he's... Some sort of Norwegian, so yeah. uh, DJ Arland. Yeah, DJ Arland, maybe? <laughs> yeah, that would work. I like that. Maybe have a word with him. Uh, right, uh, back to Reaction. Um, we didn't quite escape unscathed uh, at the weekend, did we? Because um, there was a season-ending injury to right tackle Lael Collins. Uh, initial reports said he'd passed the ACL test, but then the next day it was revealed um, that he had torn his both his ACL and his MCL. So he. I mean, there was a very, um, a very um, over-positive report that it's going to take seven months, but but normally an ACL is nine months. So you're looking at September, I reckon, for LC. Uh, such a shame because I think you know. I mean, as people know on this podcast, I've been, you know, he's been really good in spots and not so good in spots. And uh, but you know, recently um, he's been playing pretty well. Um, yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame for the person, first and foremost. He came, you know, he got a nice fat contract with the Bengals, uh, hoping to join a contender, and everything was trending in the right direction. He was part of a brotherhood, as as Ted, Car Ted Caras spoke to us uh, last week. Uh, that offensive line really is a brotherhood, and we've been saying how lucky they are to pretty much play every game together and really get that chemistry together and uh, and you know we give it the kiss of death really because LC is now out for the season um how are you feeling about that Nathan 
it's a real shame, isn't it? Because that line has definitely got better and better every single week um, throughout the season, as we've said. Joe Boy visibly has got more time on his hands. The run game's performing a lot better over the last month to six weeks. Um, and it's a real shame because he's a veteran presence on that line. And I think more than anything with Lyle Collins, not the fact that he's necessarily like a top tier, you know, top five, top 10 tackle, but it, it, it's more in this, this is potentially a bit harsh. It's more just the drop off is enormous. You know, you put Hakeem Adenergy in there for the rest of the game and, you know, the stats coming out of that were pretty horrible. His PFF grade was below 30. He had about four or five pressures allowed and, you know, it's a very obvious weakness for us now, which was previously what you would consider a strength. So you're playing the playoffs are coming up. You're going to play some teams that have got good pass rushes, good defences. And I'm not being funny. If you're a defensive coordinator, you're going to pinpoint that as a as a weakness for the Bengals and you're going to attack it. And that's where, you know, you can turn around and say, well, Joe Boy, you know, he, he took seven or eight sacks against the Titans and we beat them and this, that and the other. But the reality is those games are very, very tight. They easily could have gone the other way. You don't want to be relying on, you know, Joe Boy scrambling around and running for his life. And, one guy in the offensive line shouldn't be the difference between Joe Boy, you know, on his hammock back there throwing the ball around and him on ice skates. But it certainly will it certainly will weaken us. There's not an easy option now. I know people have talked about Andrew Whitworth coming out of retirement. Okay, and- so let, let's see. Let's let's. I'm sure all the all our thousands, tens of thousands of listeners out there will, uh, you know, they wait every week for our opinions on the big topical subjects so let's give them our opinion all of them uh our opinion on the Whitworth I put out a tweet jokingly it has to be said time for a call to to Whitworth you know uh what do you think I mean I the romantic in me the romantic side of me my heart Nathan my soul would love to see Whitworth come back and play in stripes for a final season and just to kind of push us over the edge into the promised land and then he can ride off on a massive stallion uh, into the sunset waving goodbye not with one Lombardi but with two um, that's what the romantic side of me says and what say your romantic side Nathan if you have one there's no doubt that if everything was in the right place that's what you'd want you know, it's not like Andrew Whitworth's been retired for a couple of years. He he was playing an NFL game against us in the Super Bowl this year. You know, so he he won't. The question with it, more than anything, there'd be two factors for it. One, and this is the main one: what shape is he in? Yeah, you know, it's what, not just shape because he looks pretty good on his Amazons. Yeah, but, but is he in game shape? Is he in game shape? He looks to have lost a bit of weight and. Yeah. Is he up to it's I'm not sure if he's gonna be you know, a lot of people say, Oh yeah, you just throw him in there for a couple of games and then let him take over in the playoffs, you know. But um I don't well, know, if, man. That's if, that's if you're a quick do turnaround. anything, you probably try and like give him a contract with a view to him not playing any football until the playoffs and giving himself, you know, two, three weeks to try and, you know, get into shape. I I don't think it's gonna happen. I, I don't if you're him you know, he's sat on his sofa, very happily retired, thinking that, you know, that that's it, he's all all done. Is he going to up sticks, get, you know, move everything over, you know, all the responsibility that comes with it to come and play for the Bengals? Maybe. He also, and I know this sounds silly, and I, he's probably more of a professional than this, but I, I'd understand it. 
he might harbour a bit of resentment towards the Bengals for how they treated him the last he time might. round. I think that's that's gone now. Any resentment? Yeah, but... but it's still the same front office and ownership that previously turned around to him and said, yeah. "Look, we're going to give you a below market." Maybe, for the, maybe you know, to get ultimate revenge, he would sign a contract and then line up in the AFC Championship game, uh, home to the Buffalo Bills. Let's just say, um, and it's like you know, ten seconds left. Right, it's fourth down and seven from the Bills 27 or no no from the seven yard line right and it's the last play of the game and Whitworth turns around as the ball is snapped Joe Boyd goes back to throw he's got a chase wide open in the back of the end zone uh, complete miscommunication by the Bills chase is like wide open 10 yards all around him Joe Boy just has to fling the ball to him and Whitworth turns around and sacks him and sacks his own man to get revenge. That could happen, couldn't it? Yeah, that'd be an ESPN 30 for 30, wouldn't it? <laughs> 60 for 60, mate, on that, I think. But, yeah. No, I think you're right. I don't know. I, there's also another um, variable in this mix is uh, Hakeem Adeniji. He's playing pretty well. Um, when he's he? yeah, he's played pretty well since he's been coming on in the big jumbo packages and the extra offensive lineman sets this year. He's not been awful at all, and also he's got. Let's just say it now. He's got. He's played in the Super Bowl. He's got extensive starting experience. Um, I'm not saying he's on uh, LC's level, but as plenty of pointed out, he's a better mover in pass protection than uh, than Leo Collins. I'm not saying he's as good as Leo Collins, but certainly in terms of backup. He's not a bad one to bring in, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure about that. I mean, I'll, if if Akeem Energy comes in and does well, I'll I'll absolutely take many of my hats off to him because it'd be a great achievement for him to come in. I think do you know one thing that will come down to it, and this is stuff that we're not privy to as fans, is that that locker room, the chemistry, yeah. the togetherness, the, the just the staff meetings in that offensive line room with Akeem Adenergy, knowing that it's kind of his job. Whole season, you're trying to, this guy's a young guy, you're trying to build him up. He's started before, and you're saying, look, if someone does go down, it's up to you, it's up to you, blah, blah, blah. If you just turn around, you know, the guy goes down, Lel Collins is out for the season, you just dial up um, Andrew Whitworth and get him in off the street. You know, the guys in the locker room don't know him. It's not like they were around when he was here before. That's a good point, um, yeah. So it, to them, it's just another guy coming off the street who's at the Rams for the last couple of years and's retired. It, it's not necessarily going to motivate a lot of those guys in the offensive line room. It's a sort of sign that you don't trust them. You don't think they're good players. Now, I know it's bigger than that because we're trying to win a Super Bowl, and you know, in some ways, like sort other people's feelings. But I just think with the, I just don't think it's a Bengals like move. I don't. Really I agree think with worth. that, but I think I think he would command an awful lot of respect when he because he's just that kind of personality and well, he would galvanize the fans beyond belief I oh mean, yeah but he, also the Andrew locker room I think holding I, up a you yeah. know a, a brand new white tiger bengals jersey and he's he's saying he's going to lead us to the super bowl i mean he, he would, would look sexy I say. he would look sexy you know well he'd retire a bengal as well which would be obviously yeah, you know for us it'd be fantastic as well so yeah, yeah I'd, I'd, i would love to see it, it you know in, in a perfect world and everything aligns i think it'd be absolutely fantastic but I, I don't think it is. I, I'd say there's probably a less than 20% chance. I, mm. I think 20% if you're feeling a bit frisky and yeah. it's Christmas, and you've had a couple of glasses of that rum you were drinking last week, so I think maybe you give it 20%. But... <laughs> right, let's get to your correspondence, shall we? Solid handle. Right, I asked some questions out there, put it out there. 
uh, asking, obviously we have qualified, this is not being presumptuous or arrogant, we have qualified for the playoffs, so I asked, uh, who do you want to see? You know, the, the charges look pretty good, coming into a bit of form after a very rocky spell, the Dolphins and the Tua situation, and they, you know, they they don't look great, and they might not qualify for the playoffs. You know, after looking dead certs, really. Um, so I asked, uh, you know, best and worst Christmas presents, uh, what they think about Whitworth, what they think about the Bills game, who they want in the playoffs. And so let's start with Jimmy. Dreams of Witness. Hello, Jimmy. At D Witness. I really think with Bosa and Mac, the Chargers would be best avoided. Um, I mean, ultimately, I don't care who we play in the playoffs. It is what it is. And um, But obviously, you want to, to be as high a seed as you can and preferably the top seed. So the uh, the champ, you know, the AFC runs through your gaff, really, don't you? But, yeah, I agree with... Uh, I mean, they with Bosa and Mac, they're great. Herbert's coming into a bit of form again. I say they're just looking... A little bit tasty again, the Chargers. I watched their game last night, and one of my friends who I was with watching it, he's a big Chargers fan, he said their offense really isn't playing the way it should. It's stuttering, it's on and off. But you look at the talent on that offense, you know, like you said, Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, there's some very good players on there. They've got two good tight ends, Gerald Everett and Parnham. You know, they're a tasty football team, and like you said, they're getting hot at the right time. They've not necessarily lived up to expectations this year, but they've made the playoffs. They've clinched with two games to go. You'd obviously have them at home if you did play them. I think unless, possibly unless they won their last two and we lost our last two, I think maybe you'd be different, uh, roles would be reversed. But that's a hard game. But you made the point, son, and I think this is a really good point, because at the moment I'm looking at all the playoff projections and... I, apart from getting the number one seed, obviously, and getting a bye, I'm looking at them and I'm thinking, I don't know where your best bet is here, really. You know what I mean? It's like, <clears throat> we can't be the fourth seed. That's impossible. Second or third seed, you're, like you said, you're probably going to play either Miami or the Chargers or one of those lot. And, yeah, you look at them or maybe the Ravens is a possibility, but they're all bloody hard games. But the point you made that's the good one is it's not about this round in the playoffs. You're going to have to play someone who's a good football team. It's the fact in the second round, if you were the number two seed, you probably, well, you would have a home game. Yeah. And I think that's important for us is that when you get the real sort of quality football teams that have made it through, you know, the wild card stage, you're playing them at home. You're not going on a potentially tricky road trip up to Buffalo or, um, you know, wherever else around, um, around the AFC so you know that's that's I think the thing for us now and we'll get to the Bills game but yeah it, it's, it's very exciting at the moment I'm, I keep finding myself watching all the games and looking at all the scenarios it's it's very exciting time Matt Moonen at Matt Moon I just want us to get as high a seed as possible or so we get more playoff games in Cincinnati and that works both ways isn't it we love to see uh, pals in Cincinnati enjoy more sensational atmospheres like they did in the Raiders game. Um, that would be great, wouldn't it? Uh, here, here, Matt. Paris Pinney at Paris Pinney. If we don't get the number one seed, then ideally um, I want the Dolphins or Ravens in the playoffs. Dolphins are in free fall after losing four in a row. And the Ravens are limping in with an, an anemic offense. Uh, Chargers are the only team we want to avoid with Herbert and his array of weapons. Uh, Paul at P. Carr Burns. 
He says he received no socks for Christmas this year, which is which is unusual considering I am a man of a certain age. Uh, his best present was being left alone on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day to watch the football. Same here, Paul. I watched more football than I bargained for over those two days, actually. Uh, Monday night football will mock up my sleep pattern before going back to work on Tuesday, so I'll be watching it on catch-up stroke replay. Happy New Year to you, Paul. Jamie at Trequart Beaster. Let's nail the bills for eight in a row. A lot of weird stuff in that Pats game. The players have the talent to overcome anything like that. Uh, agreed. Um... Hubei the Elf, the Hubei, at the Hubei, I should say. Hello there, Hubei. Uh, I don't care who we play. I just would really love it if we could play at home. I hope you guys had a nice holiday, and thank you for another year of friendship. Back at you. Back at you, Hubei. Thank you so thank much. Thank you, Jess. Uh, Chris Roberts at 1066 Chris. Um, top tips, please, for a 1.30 a.m. kickoff when you're at work at 8.30 a.m. Uh, Chris doesn't really care who we get in the players. You've got to beat good teams to win the Super Bowl. Priority is playing in Cincinnati. I have a feeling it will be a 49ers Bengals Super Bowl this year. Oh, my goodness. I've, I think my head would explode again I've, if it was enough. I've said that a few times. I think it's got the, the 49ers look seriously good. Um and it would be a hell of a match-up, wouldn't it? I think the NFL will quite enjoy that one, ratings-wise. Absolutely. Rematch of Super Bowl twenty-three when heart, when a young teenage Paul's heart was broken. <sighs> Any tips for Christopher and staying up? Uh, I mean... Heavy I nappage, got, see it all the way you've through? Got, you've got to go to bed at about 10, I'd say. Get yourself... Like three and a bit hours sleep, wake up, watch it, try and go back to sleep for an hour or two. Try, don't drink if you're thinking of having some booze. Don't do that. You don't want to be a bit hungover. Plus the tiredness that kill you. So yeah, if you get five hours, keep you know you'd be tired, wouldn't you? But it ain't it ain't sinister. It ain't gonna bang you over the head, is it? But if you if you're on the pints and you get less than five hours and then you try and go to work the next day, it is not recommended, as I'm sure everyone knows. Absolutely. Uh, Northern Bengal at Bengal Stewart. Do you think we could get the running game going on Monday to take the ball out of Allen's hands? I'm sure. I mean, that's that's the age old, age old, um, isn't it? Uh, strategy to get the you know get the ball out of a high powered offense's hands, and you'd hope that's the case. But uh, they've got a good defense. That's weird. So. That's where the Lyle Collins injury hurts as well. It's not just keeping Joe Boy upright. It's the it's running, that running game, game has yeah. been good, and it, you know you, that's a drop off potentially that you don't want to see because you want to be able to control the ball a bit, you know, run the clock as he says. So that's going to be an interesting one to monitor um, how that impacts the run game. That's been pretty damn good the last, you know, like I said, the last six to eight weeks. Mm. So what about this Bills game, Nathan? Um, Do you know what? There's I a lot online. Now, People hyped it up today as the biggest. Bengals Bills game since the AFC Championship game in 1988, and I don't know. I've had to look. I'll have to look through history and see the Bengals Bills games, but it could well be. You know, it could well be. There's a lot on the line here in terms of playoff ramifications. I I don't like. I, I'm excited for it. It's Monday night. I can actually watch the game at a reasonable hour because I'm on the West Coast. So for me, very selfishly, I'm absolutely buzzing for it. I think it'd be an incredible game of football, two incredible football teams. <clears throat> it'd be like watching the Champions League game, you know, just be real 
sort of like it was against the Chiefs, where the, the talent on display just you know goes that extra into that extra gear, and you're watching a real sort of spectacle on the field. But honestly, though, if we win it. I'll be happy, but I'm also a bit like mm, it doesn't make. I mean, maybe if the Chiefs, the Chiefs were to lose, that would be a real game changer, um, and then all of a sudden it does give it a lot of meaning. But also, if we lose, I'm not that fussed. It, it is one of those games, like I said, like if you're going to take a loss, that, it's not the end of the world at all. You know, you still got control of the division. You beat the Ravens at home in the final game. You win the division. You lock that up. You guarantee the third seed. We're happy with that. It's pretty good. You know, puts you in a fairly good position, but. I don't know. I mean, I mean, it'd be a great game of football. And, you know, the bookies have basically come out and said it's a 50-50 one. They don't want to give, you know, really anyone, um, you know, make anyone the favourite in this game, which just shows how highly, you know, how close and evenly matched the teams are. But I think we should just enjoy it. If we win it, it'd be fantastic. You know, it gets us into that number two seed. If When have the Bengals, you know, when was the last time we were the number two seed? That's absolutely outrageous, you know, with one game to go. If we lose it, let's just lick our wounds get back going it's not a huge loss you know we can move on to to bigger things so it's not one to get too despondent over if we do lose it i think just enjoy the game my son well in some ways the the fact that we're in the playoffs takes a little bit of pressure off you know we're in absolutely you know we're in and we still control the division with a loss which is important. yes that's right obviously we hope that the ravens lose to the steelers uh this weekend which is not beyond the realms of possibility uh, the way the Ravens have been playing recently and the Steelers have a bit of life in them a little bit I think um, which pains me to say but anyway you know let's hope you know so like you're right you know that it may well come down to that uh, the last game of the season against the Ravens and um, but yeah the fact that we made the players should be like right let's have a right old crack at this we want to get as high up in the seedings as possible the only way we're going to do that is uh, is win against the Bills and win any potential tie break. We've got a, um, you know, we we've got that game over the Chiefs, haven't we? If we ever have to play the Chiefs in the in the opening bits and bobs, but um, yeah, I don't know. Um, we'll see. I'm looking forward to, like you say, there's lots of great players out there. <laughs> I mean, it should be. An absolute crackerjack of a game. It should be absolutely insanity down there. The atmosphere would be great. Let's hope the weather isn't too awful. The Bills will be obviously pretty thankful to get out of Buffalo. If they can dig themselves out of Buffalo, if you've seen the weather, goodness me, stay safe. Anyone who's up in the American Northeast there at the moment. Um, yeah, I mean, the ideal scenario is just to give the ball to Mixon and, and kind of run, 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 you know, but they've got a very good defence, so everyone's going to be on top form. I hope, like you say, that that Patriots come back and some of the sloppiness that was evident in that uh, fourth quarter and some of the third quarter um, against the Pats will be kind of a bit of a wake-up call, really, and, and they can, they've can got that out of their system, do you know what I mean? Uh, there's no reason why we can't win. The Bills haven't been playing as stupendously well as they were in the opening part of the season. They look a bit... I mean, Josh Allen in the last game looked pretty bang average until they sorted themselves out and, and won against the Bears. Um, we're, a, we're a better team than the Bears. Um, much better team than the Bears this year. So, I mean, it's going to be pretty close, isn't it? That atmosphere is going to be rocking. Um what a way, Nathan, to start 2023. 1.30 yeah, kickoff, 
Tuesday morning, the 2nd of January 2023. Could that year be our year, Nathan? Well, it absolutely could be, and not to not to be the sort of sensible dad here, but I really w- want to just make sure as well in these like last couple of games in the regular season that we don't take any um, any wounds with people going down injured. You know, we lost Lael Collins. I know there's a couple of guys like Hayden Hurst and Sam Hubbard who, you know, we're looking to try and get back. But you just hope that there's no injuries, you know, before the playoff picture here. Like these are important games against the Bills and the Ravens. Obviously, you know, there's seedings on the line. There's the division title on the line. There's a lot of things to play for there but I just hope that we can keep everyone you know upright and in a in a good position going into the playoffs because it's going to be fiercely competitive those playoffs we've got expectations on us this year we didn't have that last year it's kind of just let's see how far we can get oh shit we're in the Super Bowl how's that happened whereas we all know this year that I, realistically I think everyone across the league can see that the three teams that clearly stand out in the AFC are us, the Bills and the Chiefs. And we've played both of them or we will have played both of them this season. It'll be a good benchmark as to where we're at. I don't actually think Kansas City are playing that well at the moment. Mm. Um, and as you mentioned, the Bills aren't either. But we all know when the playoffs turn up and these Monday night football games come on and the lights get turned on and you know, you really do see what extra gears the players have got. I think we saw the Bengals have an extra gear in them when they played the Chiefs in that game and I'm genuinely intrigued to see what someone like Joe Boy can cook up at home Monday night like you said first game of 2023 has has he got a massive game in him to propel us um, towards that division title and potentially the number one or two seed you know that number one seed still up for grabs I know the Chiefs have got a very easy run in but yeah. you never know you never know um, what a year 2022 has been um, yeah, that's a great point. Clint, you know, getting into the playoffs to begin with, winning the AFC North back in January. Uh, seems like a, an eternity away, doesn't it? Um, that momentous game against the Raiders at uh, what was PBS, Jermaine Pratt's interception, that crazy Tyler Boyd touchdown that, you know, maybe shouldn't have been given. I don't know. Um, that game, that dramatic game, Logan Wilson's interception versus uh, the Titans, stopping Derrick Henry, those, those fourth down stops, Evan McPherson's uh, last ditch field goal, the meetup at uh, the the dual meetups that we arranged at the Brotherhood in Manchester and uh, the Cincinnati Chili Bomb uh, in London for the AFC Championship game, the scenes are in both. Venues were just incredible. McPherson, you know, Sam Hubbard's sack of um, Pat Mahomes, Jesse Bates and Von Bell making plays down in overtime. McPherson's kick to Jim Nance's commentary. You know, the bank Cincinnati's going to the Super Bowl. And we couldn't believe oh, it, could we? Lots of people were asking me, what do, what do we do now? What do we <laughs> What do we do now? What do we do now? And it's just like, man, just enjoy the crazy two weeks. And then having to arrange a Super Bowl party in an under two weeks and then the Super Bowl party. It's, I mean, basically, what a year, Nathan. Have you got any particular memories that will stay with you? The the game against, I mean, the playoff run earlier this year was just like something I've never seen before as a sports fan, let alone an NFL fan. I mean, that was just absolutely unbelievable. Every Every win was just, you couldn't believe it. I mean, 
I've been a fan for like, you know, got 20 odd years now. And having never seen a playoff win, it just seems, it always felt like one of those things that just constantly like, you know, was going to pass you by. And there's, there was like a mental blockage. You couldn't get past it. And that Raiders win was unbelievable. Um, just absolutely iconic. Titans game, ridiculous. But what stands out for me was that Chiefs game, you know, with 40, 50 Bengals fans packed in, um, I think it was at least 50 in the Chili Bomb. There might have been 50, that's 70 or 80. And just to give it, it some context, like the Chili Bomb is not made for 50 people. It's made for maybe no. 20 people maximum. It is a small restaurant come bar. And basically, yeah, where I mean, 50, it was, it was cheek to cheek, bumper to bumper. The atmosphere was insane. I will never forget that night. What a, no. what a fantastic night. It was just madness, like people just passing beers around, almost just like didn't really know who was buying them, just cards being tapped against the contactless thing, more buyers are coming out. And then obviously at the end, I mean, you know, that that field goal when he when he put it through and we're going to the Super Bowl, I mean that, you know, everyone was in tears. It was absolutely just incredible. And you look you look past that, the Super Bowl was incredible. I mean, to watch the Bengals in the Super Bowl, the Bengals were ahead in the Super Bowl late in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's you know, what a what a spectacle that was for all the the sort of um, fair weather fans, all your friends that's you know they will only watch the Super. Bowl. Oh wow, the Bengals are in it this year. I mean, that was, it was just a special two weeks leading yeah, up to it that. Was, yeah. Really, really exciting. You know, the sort of fanfare that comes with it was absolutely incredible. And I'm not being funny. This this year, I mean, you look how good we've played this year for the most part. There's been a couple of that Steelers loss was a real you know that was the only game this year you'd look at and say, God, that was a disgrace. The Cowboys was fairly bad, but you know, the Cowboys are a good football team and it was on the road. So, you know, it's been an incredible year. I mean, our record, what are we now? 11 and four, are we saying? Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. think back, so you add on those playoff games. I mean, that's what, 14 and five this year, including, yeah, yeah. you know, four playoff games, if you include the Super Bowl in that. I mean, that's a hell of a year. Um, and we've seen some incredible wins, you know. So, yeah, it, you'd be really, unless we win the Super Bowl, in January, and then we go, you know, and have a, just an absolute barnstormer of a follow-up season. I, you'd be hard pushed to see a better season than that as a Bengals fan. Period. You know, it has just been champagne football. I'd call it absolutely champagne, popping those corks. And as a, as a as a as a fan group, we've come a long way as well. All those radio, we did our own, you know, version of Radio Row back in January. Lots of people on national radio talking about the Bengals was fantastic um uh and as an organized well not we're not really an organization that's probably given us too much credit but uh as a fan group we're almost at the ten thousand follower mark on twitter which is uh pretty insane really um we've had more meetups than we've ever had before in a season and during a calendar year uh obviously the the playoffs and the super bowl uh, but to, we, were, we went to Scotland for the first time for our summer meetup in Edinburgh. That was great. There were meetups in Birmingham and Manchester and London a couple of weeks ago. And obviously there will be many, many more. And as for this podcast, you know, thanks so much for listening. We've had the likes of Ted Caras on. Um, we've had, let's just have a look. Who else? At least Jessie's come back. Always good to hear from her. Old Hobbers, Uncle Jeff has been on. Uh, ben Baby, Cam Taylor, Britt was great to talk to. Paul Dana, Paul Doherty. Um, let's have a look. Logan Hall, remember? We managed to get an interview with him before draft day. Joe Goodbury, Dave Lapham. 
uh, Sarah Sherman, Zach Taylor's wife, for our International Women's Day podcast, uh, and many, many more. Um, Eric Thomas, Jim Breach, goodness me, what a year for the podcast, Nathan. And um, it's been great fun yet again. Well, I mean, we've had a lot of fun, um, as you can imagine. So thank you very much for sticking with us in 2022, as I said before. Um, it's not just two or three Bengals podcasts out there at the moment. There are at least 30 or 35 or something ridiculous now. So thank you for sticking with us and listening to us. There will be more in 2023. So um, I'm sure and Nathan will pitch in in a second, but I wish you all a very happy and healthy uh, 2023. And a big fat who day from me. Yeah, thank you so much for listening, guys. It means so much. And obviously, next week, the 200th episode, which I can't wait for. Um, but again, thank you so much. Have an incredible festive period and happy new year. I hope you do something um, really fun and spontaneous and drunkenly. Um, and obviously, enjoy the Bills game. Absolute cracker. Um, I think it will be. But yes, have a happy new year. And it's a who day from me. Cheers, guys. It should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.